video game experience uh as always i am Clearfire doing the hosting today and with us as always is hollywood cole what up uh today we're gonna bring you a little more retro gaming we're actually gonna do a little chatting here about what we all here in north america know as final fantasy 2 which is technically final fantasy 4 if you're going through the series so we're gonna start off about start off about this game and chatting about this because this is one of the games that I remember very fondly from my childhood. I've got a. I'm gonna throw one of my little clear fire isms at you again with the whole, you know, h- how I, how I uh, relate to this game and how 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 it brings a special fondness to me. So I'll start you off with that and give you a little bit of funness about you know why why we like this game. So the reason why I know this game so well is because of one time at Easter. And I remember this because Hollywood for Easter got this video game. Got Final <laughs> Fantasy II in his Easter basket. Yep. And I look at my mom after I, after he had got this, and I look at my mom and I'm like, Mom, why did the Easter Bunny bring Hollywood a video game and only brought me candy? And to this day, I still bug my mom about that because, you know, by this time, I know the Easter Bunny's real. Then I probably didn't either, but it was still the point of why is the Easter Bunny so good to Hollywood and not so good to Clearfire? So that's that's my little Clearfire-ism for you to start I, this start. I took this a little to. bit of a reduction in candy that year so that I could get the uh, Final Fantasy game. But I remember it very well, that, that particular thing. It was like 4.30 in the morning when I got up. I couldn't sleep that night, and I went and got it. I remember exactly what it looks like in the box and the cellophane and everything and getting it out and break, uh, breaking it out, turning it on and hearing that opening theme song, which I'll probably put that theme song back on for this podcast. That's the little the first few podcasts is the Final Fantasy Cecil theme, which mm-hmm. is kind of remade. The other one's another one I just call Awaken that I just wrote that one and throw that on there. But uh, the first time I heard about this game was that, you know, kind of, if you ever get the chance to do this, do it one time. If you got the time or whatever, or even just the inclination, is to get an old regular Nintendo, old 8-bit NES, and start playing it for a while. Play it for a week or two, and then jump to a Super Nintendo. Mm-hmm. And you see the inc- you can actually kind of relive those graphic uh, upgrades. If you're used to playing 8-bit for a certain amount of time, then you go back to 16-bit and see it that way. It actually... You're like, wow, this is awesome. Then you could kind of redo that because you mm-hmm. remember now you look back and you go, that's nothing. But back then it was awesome. And um, going over to Dre's house, and I, he just showed me the game. He said, "Hey, come here, sh- show, <laughs> let, me, let me show me, let me show you this." I'm just laughing because I remember it was at a birthday party one time. But he showed it to me. Our, our jaws just dropped. Like, what? This is awesome. That first scene where the red wings are flying in mm-hmm. and that song, it's just coming up, and it's just you seeing the land move under you at mode seven. Uh, mm-hmm. graphics and like uh, anyway he had a birthday party and he's wanted to show everybody and we all went back in the back room we were sitting there about to start it and he goes here Marcus just show him he gave me the control and I'm like oh, you know oh my gosh I get to control the game you know and show everybody <laughs> how awesome this is going to be but uh, such a great story um, that's just the Final Fantasy 2 experience for us as you said Final Fantasy 2 Final Fantasy 4 Nowadays, it'll be Final Fantasy 4 because they've kind of released 1, 2, and mm-hmm. 3. Yeah. Uh, 3, what, uh, Final Fantasy 3, did they release that one? I don't think they released that one. Here in the U.S.? Yeah. Um, I think they've released them all in some type of either um, uh, anthology or whatnot. I think they've all been released. I'll double check that. Yeah, I'm going to look but, that up. Um, I don't think they did. But I know that 1 and 2 had been released here because, um... If I'm not mistaken, one on the NES is one uh, in Japan as well. I think that was the only the, the only ones that stayed the same. If they I'm did release mistaken. three because three was on the DS. I got right. I, I own I own three on the DS. Yeah. <laughs> I, I did not like that one. I I don't played I don't like the DS version. The the way they get the characters kind of all blocky, not even blocky. It's like 
triangly. It's kind of hard mm-hmm. to explain. I don't like the way they look at all. Just look yeah. it up, Final Fantasy 3 on the DS. I couldn't play that one very so, far. So Final Fantasy 4 now, if you ever do want to play it and you don't have a Super Nintendo, you can actually get it on just about any type of gaming system iPhone or on your Android device that way you can get some nostalgia the thing is though you're not going to have the same graphics as the way it uh, way it was when we got to play it originally it's going to have a little more updated graphics which I actually don't like I think that it, you know being a retro gamer I think that the original graphics are going to be the best way to play it so if you can't do that I don't encourage or endorse an emulator but if you have to and that's your only way jump on an emulator and hit it up and try it out yeah, sometimes the translations are wrong, and the, the kind of the charm of it, the Super Nintendo version was the translations mm-hmm. um, kind of being off, and the you know like you spoony bard, you spoony bard is what Tell always tells Edward. Yeah, um, and it's just kind of stuck with like pop culture, you know. Um, but one of the great ways to play it, one of my favorite ways, is the PSP version, the After yeah. Years, because they actually did a, um, it's a remake. And they have uh, an after years, like whatever happened to Cecil after this, when Rosa at the end of the game, which we'll talk about. But um, and it kind of there's a medium section where it talks about, and they have a son named Theodore, who then goes on to um, you can follow his quest line all the way through, and it has all the different characters. And I didn't I didn't even finish it. There's just so much of it. But anyway, on that game, you can go back and play the original. Uh, it's a remade edition, the Final Fantasy IV. It's called the Complete uh, a Complete Collection or After Years. I'm trying to look over there at it, but uh, it's a PSP. It's only a PSP Final Fantasy IV that you can get, and it's a great. The graphics look really good. It's high definition, and I've been waiting to go back and uh, finish the game again in that in those graphics. But that's you know this is a good one. It's a great story, and the guy that. Uh, I'm gonna have to look his name up. They got everybody knows the story for Final Fantasy. Actually, I'm gonna look it up before I start talking about it. So, what were you gonna say? I've got it pulled up actually here. What's the guy's name that wrote the very first one? Uh, this is the director. Is uh, I cannot say his name. Uh, Hironobu Chicago. Uh, yeah, it's 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 his his name is spelled. The director of this game is um the writer is actually Takashi Takeda. And I think that's one of the first writers. And then the other guy, I cannot, like I said, I can't pronounce his name. Uh, I don't. About, is it Hironobu? Hironobu, yeah. Saka, yeah. Sakaguchi, yeah. He he wrote this. This was his. He was, he was in a failing uh, software company, and he wrote this as kind of like this is going to be my final fantasy that I'm going to write for for the regular NES Final Fantasy One. And uh, it took off as a hit, you know. So this is this is he wrote two and three. Uh, as well that were not released in America, but Final Fantasy Four was as Final Fantasy Two, as we said, mm-hmm. and it focused more on. It kind of took all the elements for one, two, and three and combined them mm-hmm. to for the for the best possible product uh, uh, to that date for the Final Fantasy stuff, which the active time battle system was introduced and um, and stuff like that. But it was a uh, great. It's more focused on story because you'll notice, like when Final Fantasy Six, I'm sure we'll talk about that one. Um, is more characterized, like kind of, kind of what they call characterization, where you kind of follow each character, you let them develop, and you kind of come to like them. Mm-hmm. And you can do that too with Final Fantasy uh, Four as well. But it was more—you didn't really have a whole lot of control who was in your party and who mm-hmm. wasn't. It kind of just happened. So you didn't really say, "Hey, I like um, Yang. I want to keep Yang in my party." Exactly. You're not going to. Yeah. It's going to develop. It's more focused on the story, and the story was excellent, but. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is probably one of the, most, the one of one of my favorite just stories because it was the one that really got uh, you you and me into role playing games. I mean, this really exactly really yeah. really started our whole whole gaming together more hardcore than anything. You know, I mean, yeah, we had played Street Fighter, we played other games at the you know up to this point, and um, you know, we're gaming together. But this one was really the one that took off. And another memory that I have of this game that I'd like to you know kind of humanize more about it is is the fact that. Um, I was when I was younger, I got sick a lot. Uh, I got sick a ton, and Hollywood didn't. You know, he was always you know pretty healthy kid. I was a very sickly kid. I had a lot of uh, lung problems and stuff like that growing up. So 
a lot of times is Hollywood he would either come over or I'd go over to his house and he'd play the game and I'd watch it like a movie. So I felt like this a lot of the times, you know, a lot of these role-playing games were like a movie to us, you know. Yeah, we worked together and played these games together, but most of the time he was controlling, or even sometimes I was controlling, but it was like a movie and that's how we, you know, that's how we got into these games really hardcore because with two of us playing the game together, we were able to dig more into different things. You know, sometimes I'd see something he wouldn't, he'd see something I wouldn't. And it was just really neat having that kind of thing there. And that's really what built our friendship there was, you know, being able to have those times of playing together. So I remember a lot of times laying in my bed sick as a dog, Marcus would come brave my sickness and and play this for me and uh, so it was i remember uh it was a lot of fun so you know it, it, that was that was some fond memories growing up and, and yeah those stories that you know the story aspect of this game you know a lot of people to this day still i don't like story i just want to go kill or whatever and do the thing but you know back in the nes days when zelda came out you know, everybody was pumping in quarters in arcades they were real popular and they just wanted a quick fix for that 25 cents well now you know, you had these arc. You have these experience. They try to bring the arcades to the to home. You know, at first when video games were first developed. But now, you know, hey, I can sit here and play as much as I want. So you know, Zelda came out. So we want a more in depth experience. So they're still kind of trying to experiment with this deal. Of course, I just said Final Fantasy One was out, um, which was a pretty story and rich. And you got Dragon Warrior. So you're starting to see those uh, role playing games take form. But now with this Super Nintendo that has come out, and this game came out in 91, the same year as the NES. Uh, the NES came out in 90 or 91, right around the same time. I mm-hmm. can't remember. But uh, anyway, you know, so now you're having these brand new updated graphics. You can uh, The game was, I don't know, it had four, 30 hours maybe. I don't yeah. know, but that's a huge amount of time to play a video game and to really get engrossed in the story and, and to see the art form kind of start to develop and uh you know these true writers and, and composers i mean you, you can go online I, this is my favorite thing to do uh i love when it's time for the kids bath i'll go in there and i'll put on a i'll get my bluetooth speaker or whatever and just put mm-hmm. on like some piano super nintendo music and you can really see the depth of these songs and the the, the composition that these uh, composers put together the music is just beautiful. Not only in this song, but some like Sonic the Hedgehog. You know, you got these people, yeah. you know, super guitar bros playing guitar to these songs and really breaking it out like that. Mm-hmm. Man, it is some great. I mean, that's some really complex and in-depth uh, songs, and it's just you know you don't really hear it on the 16-bit, mm-hmm. but uh, you can hear it great on the 16-bit. So Final Fantasy IV has some great music. Uh, even coming through the Super NES cart. But, uh, man, when you really break it down on piano or something, it is beautiful. It's some Mm -hmm. of my favorite music to this day. It really is. I mean, it's impressive what they were able to do with the 16-bit music and compose it out. If you go now, you can actually find some of it, you know, that's actually done beyond the 16-bit and makes it sound, you know, even even better than what it was 16-bit wise. But, I mean, you got to look at it. The technology back then to have this 16-bit music was just, it was unbelievable. I mean, it was it was great. It fit every aspect of the game. There was no real place where you're like, you know, that music didn't really work. You were like, every time you hear that music now, I mean, to this day, when we hear certain parts of these songs, you know, when we put these bits into our podcast... We're, we're sitting here thinking of, okay, that's Cecil coming in, you know, or that's Cecil turning into a paladin, you know, that's, you know, that that's all these different parts because they tied the music so well to what was going on in the game. And it wasn't just left there as just filler, it was something to enhance the game and it was really fantastically done. So, <clears throat> do you remember how the game starts off and everything as you're... Uh... Cecil flying in from the Red Wings. Yeah, I remember. Cecil, Cecil. He had a bunch of different names. Mm -hmm. Dark Knight. That's what was so cool. Uh, The Dark Knight uh, version. Right? So, Mm -hmm. we, you know, nobody knows what's going to happen or whatever, of course. But the Dark Knight, Captain of the Red Wings, flying in, stealing crystals from all over the land. You kind of feel like you're doing it on the wrong side. Go talk to the king about it. He banishes you Mm -hmm. with your best friend, Kane, because Kane comes in to defend him. So you're traveling off. That kind of just kicks off the whole adventure. You go to the village of Mist, open the package that the king sent with it, destroys the village. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a little summoner kid there named Rida, Ridia, mm-hmm. and so on. So I'm not going to go through the whole entire story, but at some point uh, they come up on back to Mysidia, 
in which that's the uh, the land that he originally destroyed in the opening scene, mm-hmm. or at least stole the crystal from the opening scene. So he's apologizing and all this, and they say, "Well, hey, okay, well, you know, you're forgiven." But they're they're a little upset about it. But they try to teach him how to kind of stop Golbez, who's introduced as the new captain of the Red Wings when Cecil is removed, mm-hmm. and he's this evil black mage and warrior and uh, knight, black knight, dark knight with magical power. And um, so you have to become the light, right? Mm-hmm. And so you have to go be that paladin, that be the paladin. That's the first time I was ever introduced with the paladin, which I think is still my favorite character. I always pick a paladin if I play one of these like RPGs or something, mm-hmm. and I got that choice. I'm always going to pick that. Yeah. I think that's a cool one to be. Mm-hmm. But anyway, he has to go conquer himself, conquer his old self, and now he's the paladin, uh, Cecil Paladin, and he's the the good guy. Mm-hmm. And so he's off on his quest from there. Um. <clears throat> so I mean I don't, I don't want to get into the whole story, but uh, just kind of that that was a big big deal back then. It's kind of a transition showing the depth of character and how he had to overcome that. Um, Goldbez releases his four fiends mm-hmm. to try to stop him, and that was uh you know the wind, water, fire, and death. Mm-hmm. And death is actually the first one. Yep, his name is Milton. <laughs> on the uh, is that his name, Milton? Let me look at that. It's something like that. I think it is Milton. Uh, so I got four fiends. Uh, Final Fantasy four. I'm pretty sure it's Milton. There's something like that because I was thinking Milton. That's the the death guy. But it's gonna be probably gonna pull up different. Um, yeah, they pull him up in their the Japanese name, which is. Scar Meg Scar Meglioni, something like that. But that's not the that's not the English translation. Over to, and it was a uh, siren. It's not Barba Silly Rubicon. Was the same, and the uh, I think it was just no. What was that one? Cagnazzo was the uh, the water one. That was not yeah. I got what Cag- it was called. Yeah, I got Cagnazzo. Is one of the names here. I'm trying to find all the names. Yeah, so I'm gonna I'm gonna look up the English for the U.S. release. Yeah, I'm in the Final Fan. I'm definitely in the Final Fantasy Four version. So, not the. I want to go to characters. It doesn't give me that. But while he's looking that up, I just want to say you know with this game you know it was really cool you know like he was talking about I mean it it is a full blown redemption story for Cecil. And it, it directly follows Cecil through the entire story. It's basically a story of Cecil and his redemption from doing all of these quote-unquote terrible things from his perspective. You know, from anybody's perspective, something can be considered good. But from his perspective and from most of the world's perspective in the game, you know, doing those bad things. And he redeems himself and becomes a paladin and goes off to save things. Because we all know paladins are actually, you know, uh, warriors of the light. So... That was a good thing. And then um, also to, to something that uh, Hollywood brought up was uh, the crystals. Crystals are actually a big part of Final Fantasy lore. A lot of the games had where you were trying to save a crystal, recover a crystal, replace a crystal. I mean, there was all these different... It, it was, a lot of the games were based around that. And another one, I don't know if we'll do a, do a podcast on this or not because it wasn't a very popular one, but it was Final Fantasy Mystic Quest. That game was <laughs> that game was completely wrapped around I the like crystals it. in it. I liked it too because it was one of the ones that I'd bought that I was like, oh, I found this one before Hollywood did. Let me show it to them. So that was actually a release of um, they were trying to make a Americanized RPG, mm-hmm. trying to make it simple, and they just it, it, it fell they flat. destroyed it, fell flat yeah, on its it face, did. but it was still kind of it's fun. got some charm, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I mean, there was a lot of places in it that were really difficult, but you know, it was it, it was still a neat game, but. I mean, like you said, I mean, this this game is really, you know, a really great redemption story. And it was one of those that you felt the depth of the character grow as you went through the story. It wasn't just like, oh, I'm sorry for this. Let me move on to the next town and say I'm sorry. It, it was actually, you really felt like you were following Cecil and and seeing his true redemption story. He was feeling the feelings that he was a feeling because it actually displayed that very well. Especially for a 16-bit game, you could see that kind of sadness with Cecil, you know, mourning over different things, and it, it, it was just a great evolution throughout all of the game, and so, you know, just, just a fun game to play. 
Yeah, so the I can't find. I'm pretty sure it's Milton, but the it's not Siren for the wind. It's uh, Valvalis was her name. That was the wind fiend, and then Rubicant, and I can't remember that uh, the water one's name. Um, but anyway, it's just so crazy. It's just lost in uh, mm-hmm. lost forever. You got to go back and play the original version, I guess. Yeah, probably so. But hey, I guess it's a reason to go back and play the game. Yeah, that's true. So. But anyway, at some point along the line, they find uh, a bunch of you know these mages, old men, Tella and Fushaya, mm-hmm. of all the weird names. But they try to find that mystical spell, this this real complicated spell called Meteor, which Tella cannot cast it if he does. So what he tries to cast to kill Golbez, who killed his daughter, mm-hmm. you know that whole thing. It's just it's real complicated, which is great. But he can't he can't uh, cast Meteor. Because it'll kill him, but he does end up sacrificing his life to do it, and it and it uh, hurts Golbez. Doesn't kill him. He somehow comes back, but then you uh, you eventually learn it. Actually, Rydia actually learns it if you give her enough time. Mm-hmm. But you know, apart from the story, they start to introduce like rare drops, rare items, yeah, and stuff that you can over that you can just pass right over in the story if you don't want if you don't want to do it. Uh, for instance, the rat tail that you get. Um, and you mm-hmm. can turn it in. You get it from enemy. I can't remember if you get it from. Uh, I can't remember. This has been so long. Yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, do you remember where you get the rat tail? No, that's what I'm, tr- I'm trying to see if I see anything on it on this one that I'm looking at. I Most think it's just a standard. Uh, it's just a standard uh, part of the quest. You get the rat tail when you get to Bahamut. Um, and uh, and they give you then some adamant. Uh, you turn it into the right people. They give you an item called. At at adamant, adamant, and then you uh, turn that into the the little miners or the little blacksmith, and they'll give you a better uh, weapon called Excalibur. So uh, stuff like that, you just kind of got to remember who you talk to um, to turn in your items to get better, stronger items, or you don't have to get it, and you just keep going, and you can still finish the game, but you just won't be as efficient. Mm-hmm. Um, there's this is very it's still a very linear game there's a couple of side quests uh edge's home castle is one um that you can go in and fight and you get the drain sword there mm-hmm. um there's uh <clears throat> you know a couple of other little towns that you go to you can go to the this cave of the summons the summons cave and walk around there find the you get the frying pan from k uh you find yang that's yep. he's knocked out and they got those sylphs around them and then you go for, tell his wife where he's at so they give him a frying she gives you a frying pan to go bust him over the head with <laughs> to wake to wake him up and you do and he wakes up and uh but he's too too weak to fight so then they, the sylphs what's funny kind of, what's funny about the frying pan thing too is in japanese uh a lot of the time in, in, in japanese video games a lot of the times you see women with frying pans that was kind of a it's kind of a running <laughs> gag, especially in the older games. They have that. It, it's kind of a running gag in there. So, and to kind of take off on that a little bit, just just so y'all know, the reason why um, Final Fantasy IV was actually two here in the transition there was because they actually wanted to take a lot of the um, overt Judeo Christian religious references references out of the game and potentially objectable graphics. Over in Japan, they pretty much did whatever they wanted, however they wanted, and they had a lot of Christian references in their games. That was actually kind of... For, to me, I thought it was odd because it's like, well, you know, Japan culture is not a hugely Christian culture, but you know, these were, you know, a lot of people were uh, were converted at the, by this time and everything over there. So, but uh, for example, the magic spell Holy was actually renamed White for the U.S. version, and all references to prayer were eliminated. So there was actually no references to prayer in the game. And the Tower of Prayers in Mesidio is renamed the Tower of Wishes for us. I really remember the Tower of Wishes, and now reading this, I was like, oh yeah, I remember reading something about that years later after playing it. But they pretty much took all that, and direct references to death were also omitted, although you could see several characters die during the course of the game, and that's a direct quote from this uh from this article that I'm reading, but uh, we had a lot of you know a lot of censorship that I think actually can that hurt the game industry, and I think some of the later versions of the game that were re-releases, I think they included some of this as well. So you could go back and play some of the re-releases that have that. Don't take my word for it, but I think that's correct. Yeah, 
Yeah, they they always did that. Nintendo has I don't know why in America they did that a lot. Uh, seems to be backwards, you know, the land of the free where you got all kind of free stuff. And, and now it's like the opposite, you know. Now games or movies, is particularly music, they always have an agenda to push, yeah. whether that be you know some type of very rarely a Christian agenda, but uh, you know some type of agenda. Mm-hmm. that they're trying to push on you. Uh, and back in the day, they tried to keep that out of the stuff. I wish they kind of would still do that now. Well, Just entertain us. We don't care about your personal... Exactly. Well, what was really crazy <clears throat> about this is Nintendo was doing this, and this is before the ESRB even came out. So this is before we actually had ratings on video games and you know and all that. And they're actually already doing this editing. So they were actually some of the pioneers of editing, which kind of makes me sad because it's like why take that out that's actually a very integral part to that game don't break it down because we might be too sensitive i mean that's that's kind of crazy there you know we don't need to pc everything down i think that you know if somebody feels strongly about something they should share it you know and so that that was the vision of the director i'm not the type of person that likes to piddle with what the director thinks we should see you know i think that the director should have full control of what we see but that's my little rant about directors should get their rights because that's their vision and we should enjoy their true vision. So, Yeah, that's true. If you don't like it, just don't buy it. I mean, that's exactly. really all that it comes down to. Um, you know, they, this back to the weird kind of things they had. They had um, some of the summons that you could get as Rita. You know, she learned a lot as she, uh, well, she leveled up. And so when she, she pops back in the game, when, when Goldbest defeats everybody, you hadn't seen her in a long time, she pops back in. She leaves as a kid and pops back in as an adult. Mm-hmm. And she has all these summons where you can talk to all these different characters along your quest and you will, you know, Bahamut and um, Leviathan and, and you know, her, the, the queen of the summon lands, the, the, the healer Ashura, I think is her name. But, uh, so that's one way to get them. Other, other ways you can get them is by killing certain enemies that might drop a summons, like the imps. And I remember I got this one by accident, the imp. And I'm looking at some now. They had a bomb summon, a cockatrick summon, uh, mage summon. You just get it by killing those enemies. But the imp summon was it was just so weak. I mean, there was the point of even doing it. I mean, it's just it such a it's random. It's a 1 in 64 chance mm-hmm. to drop. You know, so you're talking... Uh, less than a two percent chance and why you know why is it so hard to get it does nothing it does like 10 damage to something you know it's just one of those rare weird things and at some point in the game too when you go to the uh the mystical cave i believe where you have Mm -hmm. to fight all the trap doors every time you try to open a door you find a shadow sword for cecil for dark knight cecil and it's like there's no point of it you can't use it they're not dark knight anymore (laughs) yeah but um and that's like the first one. I think it's Shadow, Darkness, and Black mm-hmm. is what he this, this order that he would get all his armor and stuff when he was a Dark Knight. But I mean, you, you get it for read or um, Edge can throw it, and that may be the whole point of it. But it's just kind of a, a weird thing, mm-hmm. you know. You wonder how that got in there. But one of the super rare items <clears throat> is the uh, Pink Tail. I found this one out way late late in life. You know, I never knew about this when we, we were playing it. Uh, but the Pink Tail drops from the Pink Puffs. And it's just these little, um, the little jail uh, creatures that magic only magic hurts, and you eventually fight a group of them. I think it's like six of them, uh, and you uh, just however you kill them, and there's a one in sixty four chance. They, they loved one in sixty four chance mm-hmm. uh, to kill uh, to for it to drop the pink tail. Drops the pink tail, you get to take it to the tail collector, same place you turned in the rat tail earlier that we spoke about, and you'll get a piece of armor called the. Uh, adamant armor and that's like one of the most that's the most powerful armor in the game and uh that was awesome thing to get it's just fun to have something else to go to go try to play for when i did when i finished the game but you know this is one that i i own this let me just think real quick i don't own it on uh super nintendo it's one of the ones i don't have um it's about 40 bucks now it was maybe a year ago i don't know what it's at now it's gonna be somewhere around maybe 50 now but i can tell you in just a second um but I have it on PSP, and I actually have it on DS, the DS remake too, which I did. That one was very difficult. I got to the end of it, where I'm in the final stage, and Edge he dies with like two hits. He's just so weak, and he's got the best armor on. So I don't know what they did to kind of trick it out a little bit different. But uh, I went back and fin- played through that one. But this is one that I just hadn't really played through a whole lot. It's around sixty bucks, by the way. So if oh, you really? Get it's it, already you going could, up. You could you could oh. get it for sixty. 
and that's hitting right at Amazon with buying it used and whatnot. It's fifty nine ninety eight. Yeah. So, yeah. So yeah, it's going up for sure. It used to be about forty. You can still it was get actually a cheaper one. You can still get some for forty and all that, but I think that is if you really want the box and everything, that's easy. you're gonna pay about sixty for it. Oh, so. yeah, I'm just I'm just talking loose. Yeah, I'm not even talking box. Yeah, loose is probably gonna be around forty. This one says yeah, forty two, 30, 33. You might can get a little cheaper if you yeah. dig. I just was pulling something up real quick. So yeah, which around forty. Which speaking of Final Fantasy Mystic Quest, it's actually you know since we mentioned it earlier, it's sitting at three hundred dollars. So that's not true. <laughs> that's somebody selling it all on all there for a box copy for three hundred. That's kind of funny. Well, well, a box copy maybe. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's gonna be about a twenty twenty dollar game. Let's see. No, it's not even twenty dollars now. Wow. Oh, that's it's that's uh, sad. <laughs> yeah, you're talking ten bucks, fifteen dollars. Well, somebody is trying to rip you off on Amazon. Do not go to Amazon and buy Final Fantasy Mystic Quest. You can get it somewhere cheaper. <laughs> well, if it's sealed and all this, it's uh, probably it's different. I'm not a big sealed game collector, but well, no, because um, you want to play them. I mean, what's the point yeah. of having it sealed? You you don't get to play it, you know? Yeah, I wouldn't mind open. I mean, I would I wouldn't pay as much to get a seal. I wouldn't mind a complete copy of Final Fantasy VI. Mm-hmm. that i may get eventually but um i just got the regular copy I, I you know i do like to play them and i've kind of i hadn't bought a old school game in a while but um let's just see how much this is yeah so it's about 50 60 dollars for final fantasy 3 mm-hmm. this is loose everything's loose is what i'm talking about yeah 60 bucks these are only acceptable copies and, and you can go buy Amazon because you go on eBay, it's going to be about Amazon's a very quick reference. And like mm-hmm. you said, you can do some digging, but most of the time, Amazon is right there. A good copy is $70. Mm-hmm. So now you're starting to get up there. And you want a good copy of these games. Oh, yeah. I mean, I hate, I can't stand it. I got all the Dragon Warrior. I got Dragon Warrior 1, 2, 3, and 4. And uh, my Dragon Warrior 2 came in. It's just, just trash, man. And I just don't like it. Mm-hmm. it I mean, it's, it plays fine. Yeah, but, but you will still beat up. Yeah, you still want the cartridge to look good. So, but um, back to Final Fantasy two. Something that um, I had I I liked and didn't like at time at the time when I played the game, I didn't like it. It was the fact that for the longest of the game, you had to walk everywhere. You eventually found a chocobo you could ride the chocobo or chocobo. A lot of people call yeah. it you know call it different things. I always call it chocobo. That's all. I always call it that. I'm 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 a southerner country, and that's just, you know, that's what's going to come out of my mouth when I say it. But you finally got to ride it, and it didn't really move you around a lot more fast. It, it didn't run you around more faster, but it did get you around a little bit better. And, yes, I'm using terrible English tonight. You'll have to excuse me on some <laughs> of that. It was faster. And you don't have to worry about enemies and whatnot. Yeah, you, you could know, dodge your enemies. Good. Well, the thing is, though, too, is, you know, something that, you know, I didn't mind doing, but actually Hollywood didn't. He didn't like dodging enemies. I remember that, you know, he's like, oh, there's an enemy, let me go fight it. You know, he was always wanting to jump down fighting enemies. And I was like, ah, oh, let me get through this quick. I want to hurry up, finish the game, find out the ending. I want to find the ending of the story. So he yeah, was. Well, the enemies were invisible, so they were just random yeah. encounters. Uh, but I always like to grind because I always like to get more powerful or whatever. But um, that that's just kind of what it what it's for. And that's a, that's a unique Japanese thing mm-hmm. that that he did. And a lot of Americans don't like it. They've kind of taken it out of all the modern RPGs. Especially like look at Final what? Fantasy 15. You see all the enemies on your screen. Exactly. You see all same the- same way for 12. Mm-hmm. You know. You see all the enemies on your screen, <laughs> and you get to start driving earlier. Like I mean, you had the car right off the bat in Final Fantasy 15. You know. You, you you have mode of transportations really quick, so I mean, it kind of to me it kind of takes away from the fun aspect of it because you're not forced to explore as much, and that's something that um, at the time I didn't like a Final Fantasy two, but you know, from playing that and playing other ones, you know, subsequent Final Fantasies and other RPGs is you know I learned to explore more. You know, that they, they taught me. Go check out that cave over there. It might suck fighting those guys in there, but you're going to come away with some really awesome loot. Go fight that cave. You know, in these games, for us older gamers, it, it trained us to actually go explore stuff. And that's what I liked about it. And Final Fantasy 2 had that. And too bad we didn't really learn that when we were playing it. I wish we would have done more of that when we were playing it. But, you know, going back, looking at it, getting to play it over again... 
you know we got to learn that and see that and see what we missed too um you know you don't get the airship until almost the very end and so you don't get really fast traveling until like almost the very end of final fantasy 2 which that was kind of a that was kind of a thing throughout all of final fantasies i remember final fantasy 8 if i'm not mistaken you get the ragnarok ship you know toward the very end of that game which the ship was awesome and you could go anywhere super fast, but it's like you had to use these travel stations and everything to get from point from point A to point B. And it, you know, it drug the game out, but once again, it was training us to actually play the game and actually go find things. Um, and two, you know, the airship was kind of cool because you actually could go um, below ground with it. You know, that once you get, once you got a drill bit for it, isn't that correct? Yeah. You get the drill bit and go down. Mm-hmm. Um, there's several different areas where, you know, you're down in that underground part. The, you know, part of the story, you crash down in there, and then you can't. Your 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 uh, ship is busted, so you have to go to that dwarf and king, mm-hmm. and that's when you have to fight that baby doll boss. That was, dude, that was hard. That one, that it's was just, tough. <laughs> it's like three. It's like six different little baby dolls, and it's kind of freaky too. They're like hopping around, and mm-hmm. like just these little rag dolls. You're like, what in the world? And anyway, you got to kill. If you can kill six of them, they're like blue and red, I think. And then you mm-hmm. kill. You try to kill them as fast as you can, but whatever you do, they're always going to combine. They always eventually combine into this one big baby mm-hmm. dog just standing there, like the eyeballs hanging out. Oh, yes. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yes. And, uh, <laughs> so funny, but it's uh, it's just like, oh, this thing was. I mean, that thing, that being difficult. That and the four fiends mm-hmm. and the three sisters were the most difficult one. Yep. Uh, the three sisters. Um, the Tower of Magnus or something like that. Mm-hmm. That you have to go to. Um, but they have a, vi- a big tall one in the back. So you saw, so, so, so you're looking right at the screen. Let's see how Oh, that was like this. right toward the end of the game, correct? Well, no, nah, it's about midway. Okay, yeah. No, then that uh, wasn't but, the Tower of Babel because you have the Tower of Babel in this game. Yeah, all the guys are, all your, all your characters, you can have five characters, all right? So they're all on the right side of the screen and it's turn-based. Um, and you have a front and a back row. Your front front row guys are going to do more damage, but they're going to take more damage. So you want your mages back in the back because the uh, they don't take as much damage because they can't because they're you know cloth wearers or whatever standard Dungeons and Dragons type stuff. And but magic is not in, in, uh, hindered by you know being on the back row. The damage is still the same. So anyway, that's where you are on the right side of the screen. On the left side of the screen, you're going to have your enemies. Well, on the back left, you have the big tall girl. I don't remember her name, of course. Then you got a, a little round, fat girl, then a small girl. Well, those are the three sisters. The tall one would constantly uh, cast wall on the middle one. The middle one uh, would they would cast you know all the spells on you, or whatever. You want to kill the middle one. The middle one's the most dangerous one, but you can't. You have to kill the back one first, so she'll stop casting wall because wall is just like reflect. And every time you try to cast a big heavy hitting spell on the middle one it would reflect back at you but anyway the point is that this type of strategy was kind of introduced on how to kill these uh multiple enemies that were like that so this is kind of the first time that you know wow you got to really think about what you're doing here and use your you got a certain amount of spells you can cast certain amount of items you can use and uh there's also weaknesses to weapons so if you have a ice sword you know a fire guy would be weak against that um, and vice versa, you know, you had to really kind of think about how to strategize and get your character loadouts to be the best that they possibly could in order to, to beat some of these bosses. But those those three sisters, you know, and this is still back close enough mm-hmm. in the day where, you know, you buy a game, there's no guarantee you're going to finish it. You know, you would mm-hmm. you would play it and then, you know, like me and Clear or anybody in school would just be like, hey, I got to uh, stage three. Really? You got to stage three? What's at the end of stage two? Oh, it's a big, uh, you know, a big dragon. You got to mm-hmm. kill it. Something like that. You know, but if you didn't get it past stage three, eh, whatever. We just—it's just a tough game. You just accepted it. You didn't know any better. Exactly. Now, everybody kind of goes, "Hey, you know, I paid money for this game. I can't even pay the full play the full game. I paid full price for it. You know, I should be able to play the full game all the way through at some point." Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's some games that are like Dark Souls and all that that are kind of bringing back that hard factor, that uh, difficulty factor. So I found the three sisters' name. The frontmost sister is Mindy. The uh, backmost is Sandy, and the middle sister is Cindy. So those yeah. are the three sisters. And to talk more about uh, Hollywood's fact of you know games being harder back then than they are now, man, that made games so much fun. Because like you said, you know you go to school, you're talking to your buddies, 
dude, how did you do that? You know, and you had the communication. You made a community with each other. Now, you know, especially playing games now, it's just like, you know, people are like, let's, I hate to use Destiny. I hate to keep on bringing Destiny in it, but it's the one I'm kind of stuck on right now, is Destiny 2, when Zer comes out every Friday, nobody actually goes and looks for him. They Google it, or they go to a page and ask for help, and it's like, dude, it's so easy to find him. He's even marked on a map. Just turn on your game. <coughs> You know, and that's I think that's kind of kind of lost in in the video games nowadays is that everybody automatically goes into communities or whatnot before they even turn the game on to ask for help, and it's like at least put forth some effort before you ask for help. You know, it's great that we've got these communities out there. You know, I'm not knocking any of them because a lot of them have given me help when I've needed it, but I've also haven't gone to these communities before I even turn the game on to try to do some discovery myself, you know, and that, that's what I think made the games back then were the fact that, you know, the way you, the way you asked for help was you tried for hours to beat this. You couldn't do it. And then you, you find your buddy next door down the street, beat it. And you're like, how did you do that? What is your key? Even then, even when you ask for that help, replicating what they did is not always the easiest thing because you know, take for instance like like a Final Fantasy here. You you can't really replicate the steps that Hollywood did to beat this one boss. I mean, you can if he actually wrote it down on paper. Okay, your first action this, your first your next action that. You couldn't do it. You could just take his ideas and and, and apply it to your strategy. You know, if his strategy was to put your healers, you know, in the back and your warriors in the front, yeah, you can replicate that, but you can't replicate his actual battle implications what happens because those bosses react differently each time, and that's what I kind of liked about it. A boss didn't always cast this one spell at the same time, always. You know, you do have some that do that, but, you know, when you start fighting with these bosses, they react to what's happening to them, and that was really kind of, you know, a neat thing. That's that's what happened with the active battle system that was introduced in the Final Fantasy, uh, for us too, Final Fantasy 2. Well, some of the... You know, newer things in games are a, a welcome change. And we, I was just talking to Drew about this before we even got on the podcast. Was, uh, you know, Batman, for one example, uh, the NES version, mm-hmm. Batman. Great game. I went back and tried to play it. And uh, I owned that one and, and started playing that one recently. And uh, remember how fun it was. Let's just see how far I can get now. <clears throat> and you get to like, stage four or something, any, any stage you want to get to, you play, it's just trial and error. That's how mm-hmm. those games were back in the day, Mega Man and all this, trial and error. And then you get to the end and die, guess what? you got to start that entire stage over, mm-hmm. and that is a pain. It's hard enough to get there one time and get there with so much life and all this. There's a difficulty, of course. Um, you know, we, Of course, you can get into the, the classics like Ghost and Ghouls and all this is just known for, for difficulty, but... And they say Contra is the hardest one, and I ended up mastering that one. But um, yeah, but they, you know, it's you die. But Contra, even Contra, you die. You're gonna respawn right where you die. Yeah. But I can't stand, you know, when you finally get all the way. There's no checkpoint or anything. You die. You got to go all the way back to the beginning of the stage. And if you die enough times, you're not to continue. You got to start the whole game over. And you're like, and there's no passwords or anything. You just got to play it all the way through. A game that really just <clears throat> always got got me was Battletoads. You know that was that huh. that game had some tough places in it, and you had a few chances. You died. You started at the beginning of the board. You know you, you could die and 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 be right there at your spot once or twice. But like that third death, you're at the beginning of the board. You die again after that. It's game over. You got to start that game completely over. And man, I can't tell you how many times, you know, I feel like, you know, at times when I played that game, I felt like I was the inventor of rage quitting because I can remember just getting so mad as a kid, throwing my controller down, walking away like, I'm never playing that game again. It made me so mad, you know. I can remember doing that and actually, you know, rage quitting then, so. Yeah, but, Battletoads is an awesome game. That was um, a great game. It's still I loved so it. so fun. Nobody could get past the... Uh, when you're on that little uh, wakeboard, or what is it, the little uh, jet ski type thing, yes. dodge and all the things, I could get past it now pretty easy. Um, but the next stage, you know, there's an ice stage that, that I can get through that one. Um, but then there's a the one I always die at now. There's a bunch of warps you can take, mm-hmm. but uh, the one I die at now is the surfing stage. Oh, that's a tough one, man. 
Yeah. It's the same kind of thing as the uh, jet ski one, but um, yeah, that, that game's a lot of fun too. And, that, and that, you know, there's something to be said for that, just the controls and mm-hmm. um, what game was something? I think think of something else as I'm t- talking to you uh, about just how good it feels to control the game, you know, and, and just play it. That that says a lot. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I wasn't going to talk about Destiny, but just look at Destiny. There's not a lot of content, but it's just still a lot of fun to go in there and shoot stuff because it's the controls and you know, as we talked about last time, so that that kind of goes a long way. Mega Man, yeah. Uh, you know, it's a, it's the same concept every single Mega Man. There's so many bosses. You you go in there and pick one random one. Hopefully, you pick the right one that you can kill with the X Buster. Exactly. You can learn the pattern and you get that that one. Then you go find the boss that's weak to that one, and so on and so forth. Weak to that uh, boss you just killed, but but it, I mean, like uh, like I said, with great controlling games, it's those games that you can play, get lost in. Because you're not having to think about what button you got to press next. You just know it. You know, you just feel it. You know, it's got that feel yeah, to it. exactly. And Final Fantasy actually has that to it, in my opinion. You know, you just feel it. You know, I don't ever have to, when I play a Final Fantasy, I don't ever have to look down at my controller. I can just sit there, press my buttons, and keep on going. Even Final Fantasy fifteen playing it, I didn't have to look down at my controller any and I could just pick it up and start playing. You know, so they, they've actually, they did really a really good job for those. And the thing that helped that kind of game was the fact that it was a turn-based RPG. So it slowed down a lot of the button pushes when you're actually in the fighting. But in other places, you didn't have to pay attention to it. Yeah, granted, you were playing with a controller that has a lot less buttons than what we have now. But, you know, to us, that was a ton of buttons. You know, I remember when the Super Nintendo came out and you got the bumpers and you got four, you know, four buttons on the side. It's like, oh my gosh, how am I ever going to press all these buttons? How am I ever going to use them all? Well, you quickly found out you use them very easily, and that was actually to me it was that was a really well designed gamepad as well. Yeah, that's a good point about the Final Fantasy fifteen. Like, think about that for a minute. Well, just I was thinking about when you're saying that. How many other games have a fifteen after them? Yeah, you know that stayed. That's how popular this game. This is the defining RPG of uh, Final Fantasy seven. Got more people involved in RPGs. That was for PlayStation than any other RPG in history. Um, like, like you said, we we discovered them in um, you know ninety one or whatever Final Fantasy mm-hmm. two when they had they had uh, Dragon Warrior. Dragon Warrior just released you out into the wild and said go. There yeah. wasn't really a whole lot of story. You get there's some lore in the kingdom and all that, but it wasn't like a story that was put together. But this spa- uh, kind of spurred my whole RPG. Mm-hmm. You know, I was a diehard fan at that point. Yeah. After that, with well, the Final Fantasy three came out. I love that one. That's still my favorite game to this day. But then after that, you got Chrono Trigger, Lucian mm-hmm. of the Gaia, anything that had that Secret turn-based, of Mana. Secret of Mana, anything that had that turn-based um, type of uh, game that numbers are flying off when you're hitting yeah. them. Man, I just I was crazy about it. Well, then too, look yeah. at Final Fantasy. It's it's the only it's it's one of the only game franchises that has spawned two online games, and they're both still actually active played games. People still play Final Fantasy XI. I know somebody that still plays it to this day. There's not a ton of people playing it anymore, but it's a, it's an MMO that's still on there. And I know a ton of people that play Final Fantasy XIV, which is an MMO as well. And you know, I mean, it's got this great huge world. And when you look at the game, there's not 15 of them. There's a lot more than 15 because you've got like yeah. um, you've got Mystic Quest, you've got Final Fantasy X, Final Fantasy X two, you got Final Fantasy twelve two or whatever they call it. Final Fantasy. Are you talking about thirteen? Thirteen, one, yeah. Uh, thirteen, yeah, yeah, thirteen two, thirteen verse. Uh, but they have what's that was versus. They got Final Fantasy Tactics. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got the Cydia. So, I mean, you got you got a couple of tactics now uh, actually. Yeah, there's a ton of tactics. A two. And that's on the DS, mm-hmm. uh, Final Fantasy, uh, like you said, Mystic Quest. I'm just thinking about them, but Final Fantasy Adventure, which is actually a secret of mana. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's it called? Uh, it's a Sudokian. I, I can't. I don't want to mess it up, but it's a, what it's called in uh, uh Setsu or something like that. That's actually mm-hmm. secret of mana in Japan. And the uh, Final Fantasy Legends, or Final Fantasy Adventure, was uh, the first Secret of Mana. Mm-hmm. Secret of Mana was the second one, and then you had Suka, Sukenden Setsu 3 that was not released. There's actually some English translations you can get, and I found it on an emulator and started playing, and I was like, this game is awesome. What is this? I thought it, I didn't know what it was. I thought it was just something somebody made up or something, but... Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, that was a great one. I got Illusion of Gaia. That one was okay, mm-hmm. but... Um, 
you know, that was another trilogy with Soul, Soul Blazer was the first one, Illusion of Gaia, and then Terra Enigma, which is a phenomenal game. And I actually own a copy of that, but there's something with the battery. It's not, it mm-hmm. never saves my, it saves my game, but if, if, as long as you turn the game on within the next like three or four days, it'll be saved. I don't know how oh, that wow. works. But, <laughs> and somebody changed the battery out for me and it worked for a little while, but now it, it doesn't work. But anyway, that's got four chapters and that's the, and that's a, a very interesting game. It's kind of like, you start off in uh, hell, and um, and so it's not like that. Sounds like it's going to be an action game, but it's not. And you're just kind of like, oh, you're going to go. You're like in some underworld. I don't know if it's hell, but you're in some underworld, and you got to start. Your it's called. Um, I didn't expect to talk about Terra Enigma, but actually, I think it is hell you, because if I'm not mistaken, Terra Enigma was uh, modified greatly for us because of how much. Um, connotation religious connotations it had in the game well that's the thing it was never released in the u.s okay never, i'm sorry so that that's different why, game i'm talking about this, yeah that's what i was gonna yeah that's what i was gonna get to is because you know you release you you go and you release a continent or something and all this uh it just kind of it tells a story of mankind kind of it's just <laughs> weird and somehow this your character is creating the continents introducing music uh, religion introducing you know all these different things to the to the people it's uh, really interesting. I never finished it because, like I said, it kept deleting it. And I tried to play it on the emulator. I don't like playing on emulators, but uh, but they didn't release something because it literally had you know crosses and you know with Jesus on it and everything. So uh, that was uh, that one wasn't released, but that was a fun game to play. Just never finished it. Yeah, but as y'all can see, I mean, this the Final Fantasy two for the both of us has spawned us into all these other role-playing games and final fantasy in itself just the entire i can't say trilogy because there's a heck of a lot more than that its entire game dot uh compilation spans you know well over you know what i'd probably say more than 30 games roughly doesn't it yeah something like that but the thing they don't that i don't like is they always have to try to improve something you mm-hmm. know in terms it's nothing wrong with always improving i should say that. they always have to change something yeah. Like, what's wrong with the battle system? Final Fantasy X had the best battle system yes, it did. that was there. Well, we got to change it in 12 because everybody's complaining about uh, invisible uh, encounters that are, you know, random encounters and it's still not turn based. Uh, which Final Fantasy X would show you who's, it'd show you like 15 moves to end or something mm-hmm. like that, you know, that you can plan out who's going to attack next and all this and how haste actually helps your characters and slow hurts the enemy mm-hmm. and so on and so forth. And I like twelve. The twelve remake, uh, or twelve remaster, the Zodiac Age is one of my top games that I'm playing right now, and I'm enjoying it. I love that game. They did a great job with it. I'm glad they released it again because yeah. not a lot of people got to enjoy it on PS2. I need to get it and play it because I haven't <clears throat> I haven't played. That's one of that's the one of the one one of the only ones I haven't played yet. And everybody has told me it's such a great one. So yeah, it, it is. Um, I I mean, I was really impressed with it, especially the job system they put in there now. But, you know, 15 kind of picked off from that. And then they were going to remake Final Fantasy VII. And guess what? You're not going to have the same battle system because somehow it's got to change. And uh, I kind of wish they would just leave the old battle system in there. Well, from what I'm hearing about Final Fantasy VII is it's um, it's almost a re... It's not just a remake. It's almost like a re-edit of the entire game. Yeah, it's going to be a whole new experience. It's, but... Yeah, it's not going to be... I mean, it's going to have the same characters, but the story actually might be a little different. It might start in a different place than where it was from the beginning. So, I mean, you're looking at, you know, it could be a hu- hugely different game, or it could just be a straight-up remaster with better graphics. I don't know yet. I haven't... No, it's not going to... It's going to be a different game. They've already said it's not going to be the same. Yeah. <clears throat> and, uh, and the... Gra- and the the uh, battle system is going to be more like Final Fantasy 15, which I liked it. But you know, when you only have control of one character, yeah. and you kind of put, and you can, yeah, you can kind of get them to do things. Yeah, you have you know, limited if you want to control. Do a special technique. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you have limited control with them. But you know, God, man, what, I mean, I just like to deck my guys out in the best stuff, and mm-hmm. actually, you know, I don't know, it's just different. Yeah, but uh, I liked 15 as well. But 15 was kind of the old why don't they they'd never when are they going to remake final fantasy 6 or final fantasy 3 in the u.s that was yes. the best. everybody wants it everybody wants the remake 
and then they're, they're kind of like we don't want to touch it you know maybe they're scared they're gonna mess it up well i completely just... get that i mean it's it's a it's a phenomenal game it has a great story to it and and one of our next podcasts will definitely cover that and you know, unlike this one, we'll actually cover nothing but Final Fantasy three, and I'll let Hollywood run on it because that's one of his favorite games. It's one of my favorites too, but he definitely knows the lore of that a lot more and a lot deeper than I do, and I'll definitely let him run with that. And I'll, I'll just I'll play host of that game, you know, to that podcast. Yeah, that us. one I'm really gonna want to kind of probably either replay again before we do that. Yeah, definitely. I, I can't. I got to do it justice. I can't just kind of wing it like we're doing this one a little bit. Yeah. Um, well, we've both because yeah, we've both been under the weather this past week, and that's why we're a little slow on getting these podcasts out too, as well. So we apologize to our listeners, you know, for getting this out a little slower than normal. But you know, we wanted to make sure that we got something out for you, especially with you know one of our loves. I mean, the RPGs are our passion. We really do have you know pull toward RPGs, and Final Fantasy II was the starting of all of it. So we just want to make sure that you you understand our passion, and hopefully you've seen that through this podcast so far up to this point. Yeah, I mean, RPGs are definitely uh, one of my favorite ones. But yeah, Final Fantasy VI, you know, it's just so massive. If you try to remake that with like modern graphics and stuff, oh, it man. would take three Blu-ray discs probably if you did it right. Because it was so, you know, the way that, you know, you can finish that game with like three characters of, what, mm-hmm. 14 or something, a massive amount of characters yeah. that you can find. And just when you think you're about to finish it, it uh, you know you get tossed into this other world, and that's really where the game kind of really starts for your mm-hmm. open world. And like I said, you can go recruit the other guys that's lost in that new world, or you can uh, go ahead and try to get to the last guy like pretty much immediately. Yeah. And just that, oh man, it just had so many things to do. I remember I finished it before I realized you could go recruit mm-hmm. all the other people. I only got a handful of them, and then I. You got this big strategy guide, and it's oh, I can recruit all these people, and I just fell in love with that game all over again. Yeah. And, that, and that really is my favorite game still to this day. Just the characters in there, the way that they, you know, the they, the characterization where they just kind of the kind of unfold each character's story and how they intertwine and. Oh, so good. Well, unlike unlike Final Fantasy two for us, Final Fantasy three for us. You get like you know, like Hollywood saying, you get multiple stories. You don't it just get Cecil's story and little tidbits of everybody else's. You get full stories from everybody in this in that in that playthrough. I mean, I remember the uh, the Moggles were the were introduced in the, in the, in that one, and I love those characters. You know, they're just yeah. they're just fun, they're fun little characters. You know that you know they don't pull off a whole lot a lot, lot. You know, you actually play as one. One of them can be on your team. But uh, just it, it was a really neat little character that got put in there, and if you look through Final Fantasies after that, you see the Moggles pop up in a lot of them. There's uh, one of the characters in Ten; they, they carry around a Moggle doll. If you look really closely, and then uh, in Final Fantasy, it's Fa- a weapon. Yeah, it's a, can get. That's right; it's one of the weapons. And then in Final Fantasy 15, there's actually you can actually find Moggle dolls out there too. If you do some searching, yeah, that's it's one of those. They like to bring things. all the little things in there, yeah, so. the chocobos and airships and Sid, and mm-hmm. uh, they they always have to carry those over. Sid is in every single one of them in some form or fashion, if not if I'm not mistaken. I think there is just his name, yeah. yeah. There's nothing there related, yeah. You know, that's what kind of you know, just kind of put a Sid in there. Biggs and Wedge are the mm-hmm. same, which actually mm-hmm. ironically comes from Star Wars. Yep. <laughs> uh, that's where they get it. And so that's funny that it stays in there. And by the way, man, that new Star Wars trailer is sick. <laughs> yeah, oh I've seen gosh. that. Yeah, that was pretty awesome, dude. That um, was a great one. Dude. That really was. It showed us told us all kind of stuff without telling us anything. And it's just like, this is perfect. Hey, that brings me into a good idea. Guys, if you out there listening, I'm a big Star Wars geek. I know Hollywood is. We might do you a Star Wars podcast one day, just for the heck of it. Throw one together and throw some of the video games in there and just chat it all up, because that might be a fun one to do one day, especially bringing that up, because it makes me really excited talking about Star Wars, because that's something that me and my wife, since we've you know gotten married you know star wars the new stuff has come out that's our date you know friday mornings after it was released we go watch it because we can send the kid off and we can go watch the watch the movie together so that's yeah one of the sentimental things star wars one so and we can just talk about rogue squadron or something exactly uh, i mean you got a couple of them you got the pod racing game in there too I forgot about oh, yeah. that one. Oh yeah, it was evil. I, I hated that you game. Had that oh one. yeah, it's a terrible <laughs> game. <laughs> but Rogue Squadron and uh, 
Shadows of the Empire, which used to be canon, mm-hmm. and now I don't think it is anymore. It is not. They, yeah, it is. Since they uh, re-released a lot of yeah, stuff, since, it's not canon since, anymore. Since Disney to took be. it over, they threw out a lot of canon, so be, be yes. prepared for a lot of things. Yeah. Because Shadows of the Empire technically was leading into 7, 8, and 9, and so you don't have any of that coming through. So now, Shadows of the Empire was uh, what happened between... It would be between 6 and 7. No, uh, well, six and seven was no, I'm th- no. This is what happened. Shadows of the Empire is what happened between um, Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. Was it? I really thought it was before. I thought it was like because no, it starts off in Hoth and uh, so oh, you okay. have to do the Hoth ah, that's scene right. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, sorry. So that's what happened with that one. Yeah, <clears throat> but that was canon for uh, Dash Rendar, mm-hmm. and then it, uh, you know, his story, and then they, yeah. Disney said, yeah, it's parts we don't like, we're just going to do away with. That's being extended. Uh, it's actually two Star Wars lines, you know, it's just yeah. that standard. I don't know how they did it, but yeah. that's sad. We'll have fun. We'll, right. we'll have fun with that in a podcast. We got, I got some yeah. stuff I want to talk about on that. Cause that's, you know, you're making me starting to have that reminiscing thing and talk about that kind of. Yeah. We need to do one of those. We need to do shadows of the empire too. That was a great one. Oh yeah. That was a fun game, but, uh, old and I, Golden Eye. Oh yeah, fun one. that will definitely be a fun one. I'll just <laughs> basically you just hear me rant entire game about how I kept on getting shot with a stupid golden gun all the time. Let's do an N sixty four game next. Okay, done an N sixty four. We'll do it. We'll, we'll do an N sixty four game for you listeners out there. So we'll do that next. But um, um, I mean we're creeping up on our hour mark here. So um, Hollywood, you got anything to add about these games? I mean, other than you know how much they have influenced our gaming throughout the years. No, I think we just talked about enough about our experiences with it, man. And I just wish we had more to get into the story of it and all. But uh, it's such an in-depth story that, you know, go experience it for yourself. I mean, really, if you have not played this game, you're you're missing out mm-hmm. on it. If you like RPGs, it doesn't matter. You'll turn on the graphics and be like, oh, man, this is an older, you know, especially new generation yep. folks. But, but I mean, just, just bear with it for a little bit, and that story is going to suck you right in and... Uh, you'll really enjoy it, and it's kind of an enriching experience, and you can uh, just kind of see where it's come from, you know, and how this has changed in the past few years with uh, the gameplay versus mm-hmm. story. But you know, back in the day, you know, you didn't have all these fancy graphics and yep. stuff. You just had fun factor and story. And that's, what, exactly. that's what I love the Super Nintendo for. That's one of my favorite systems because you had to have fun factor to keep people. Uh, mm-hmm. playing and that's not nostalgia i've played games that i've you know bought games that i have not finished or never even played as a as a kid and i've played them all the way through because they're just so much fun so the fun factor is definitely a a big draw for the super nintendo they also have the final if you don't have a super nintendo you know you can do emulators whatever it's all kind of ways to play it it's just it's readily available so you really have no excuse to not play it if you want to mm-hmm. um but other than that man that's really all i got about it yeah well guys you know um you know, this is you know this is a history basically, but more of a history lesson for you of RPGs, especially starting off with Final Fantasy two, than just a Final Fantasy Final Fantasy two in depth review. Um, maybe one day, you know, if we get a chance to sit down and play it, we'll give a, a nice long story review of it. But we gave you some high points of it. We hoped you we hoped you enjoyed listening to us talk about and have our ramblings about how Final Fantasy two in specific has influenced us throughout the rest of our gaming. And as you can see, it's really touched us in a lot of different areas instead of just gaming. I mean, it made us jump all the way into our Star Wars reminiscing and other games as well. So it's it's a it's a huge impact for us and we hope you've enjoyed listening to us, you know, talk about it and ramble on about things. So, um Hollywood, if you don't have anything else to add for us then um, I guess that's our wrap up today for uh for Hollywood Cole. This is Clearfire. You know, thank you guys well, so much. Or go ahead, sorry. Yeah, <laughs> no, I just no, I just want to say because I just I'm gonna push this in the. I just found out that um we've been posting the links and like Facebook and stuff, and it's a and that go that does not go to the podcast. That goes to an a app to download on the phone. So that's the Podbean app, which is a great way to, if you want to listen to it, you can click uh, mm-hmm. one of the links that we're going to post out on Facebook and you'll get the Podbean app, which you can subscribe or whatever. And a lot of people listen to it off the Podbean app, which is cool. I just didn't know that's what happened because people were going, I don't know where it is. I said, go, just go to Facebook and click it. Well, I found out just recently uh-huh. that that doesn't work. So I'm going to post a link to the actual web page also within that description. So you guys can click on this. Uh, web. If you're listening to this, I guess you found it. <laughs> but uh, tell your friends. I'm going to post the uh, post the actual link in the uh, description. 
so okay. you can get it that way. Yeah. So and then also too, interesting. We'll, we, we've got a we've got our email set up as well now. So it's a H and K video game experience at gmail.com. We'll make sure you have links to it so you can see it. So you can send us email, send us you know co- comments, ideas, questions. If you hear something we're talking about wrong, man, we 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 don't mind hearing corrections. You know, we're we're just talking from memory and trying to remember what we had from back then. But we we because we feel that's a more authentic way of sharing this with you. I don't want to regurgitate something you can go look up on on Google or Yahoo that you can read or whatever. I mean, yeah, we do do a little bit of that, but that helps jog our memories on what we what we played back in the day. So, um, cool. Just check us out and. Guys, thanks for hanging in here with us and listening again. Once again, you know, for Hollywood Cole, this is Clearfire, and thanks for listening to H and K Video Game Experience. <laughs>